and welcome to another episode of Hit the Books Podcast. Today, a Hit the Books review is in session. This Hit the Books review is for the latest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Captain Marvel. <sighs> what do we think? Stay tuned! <gasps> Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit the Books Reviews. On today's episode, we'll be reviewing the latest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Captain Marvel, and discussing the implications for the future of the MCU. Um, For those of you unfamiliar with the Hit the Books Reviews, we start off with a very spoiler-free introduction and quick review. We give you our latest point review scale um this is based on feedback from our our wrestling show which uh we do use a point scale for previously on hit the books we try to avoid a point scale because you know you you can run into some trouble with point scales and uh how people interpret them basically you know if you're not giving something an eight or higher they think that you're saying it's complete dog shit when that may not be the case um so we try to avoid it but people like them so we're bringing it in so Expect a point scale in the future, and I'll probably post our point scales for former reviews on our website before too long here. So expect that in the near future. Um, and then after we get through uh, the whole spoiler-free discussion and review, we give you an explicit spoiler warning both in the audio and in the video, and let you know not to continue uh, with the episode if you have not seen the movie and you care about spoilers. Um, then we'll jump into some discussions about the implications for the MCU. We'll dis- discuss uh, at at length and in depth what we uh, addressed in our initial spoiler-free review and why uh, we think that it deserves the rating we give it. And then uh, we may add some uh, fun discussion topics throughout and have plenty of humor uh, if I am expecting the response <laughs> I think I expect from Emery here. Um, uh, you'll get more humor than I got out of the movie. So, ooh, so bitter. So ooh, bitter. You. Oh, yeah. I, I am like chomping <laughs> at the bit and positively seething. <laughs> so if you like the sound of that, be sure to hit like and subscribe here on our YouTube channel. Uh, be sure to go ahead and give us a nice review on any of the podcast services of choice that you listen to. We're on YouTube, we're on Stitcher, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, and we are soon to be on uh, Podbean and Pocket Casts and a handful of others uh, that are we are currently in the process of getting set up. So uh, be sure to give us some support on those uh, avenues. It really does help us out and reach uh, more people. And be sure to check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash hit the books. It does cover both our shows, Hit the Mats, which is our WWE podcast that I host with my brother Dan, the man Maloney, and Hit the Books podcast, which is all of our comic book content. We do reviews. We do uh, uh, explanation videos. We do uh, our weekly comic book podcast, our weekly wrestling podcast, uh, instructional videos on how to do things like affordably frame your comics and display them, how to organize your comics, uh, how to preserve your comics, you know, all the, all these sorts of things. 
and we do it completely free of charge. It's all there for you if you want it, but we do have some nice reward tiers on our Patreon if you want to give that a, a, a little uh, shout out there and uh, maybe make a contribution in the future. Of course, there is no obligation, and feel free to keep watching and listening to the show for free because we love having you here. And then, of course, you can reach us uh, with your ideas and contributions to the show at htbvids on Twitter, at forward slash hit the books on Facebook. You can go to our website, htbvids.com, where you can find all these links and uh, pathways. And you can also contact us via that uh, website there where we have our uh, business email address set up on there. Um, and I think that covers everything. I hope that covers everything. So let's get into it. Yep. Uh, Captain Marvel. So I, I think we came out a little bit at odds this time. Now, for those of you <laughs> unfamiliar with us, I'm typically your more DC-focused guy. Emery is the more Marvel-focused guy. Of course, we branch out to everything. We read, you know, we each read DC stuff. We each read Marvel stuff. We each branch out into Image and IDW and Dynamite and Titan Books and Dark Horse and all all yeah. the great companies out there. Yeah, we, we but, like comics in general, but uh, we, we each have our own specializations. Yeah, so um, Emery, I think, I suspect, has some very stark issues with canon in addition to production um, that I may not have. <laughs> Um, and I think he, he may have a lower opinion of this movie than I do because of that reason. Definitely uh, much I, lower. <laughs> which I think will make it an interesting discussion because usually you and I are pretty close to being on the same level with how we receive a movie. Usually. You know, we, I might be a little harsher or you might be a little harsher, but usually we're somewhere in the same realm of things. Right. I don't think we're close on this one. Uh, no. Yeah. No. It Like, this, <clears throat> this movie has managed to divide even myself and chris it's tearing us apart (laughs) you're tearing me apart captain marvel (laughs) (laughs) so yeah now i enjoy that movie (laughs) before we jump into this i just want to say a couple things a the problem with reviews for disney films is that disney has too much influence in reviewer territory the big thing is that it owns everything now and basically, for people in the press, unfortunately, which uh, this is a thing that they have done several times in the past for, and basically they just give it back and apologize, and then they take it back again, you know, the next instance it happens. But basically, when reviewers give them bad scores, they revoke all of their press passes for the future as a kind of power play to say, hey, you better give us a little bump or else. and Or else the House of Mouse will engage in gentrification. Yeah. And so it, it's oh. Disney kind of has a bad reputation now, especially with how far its influence goes with kind of overhyping things to the extent that, you know, you would expect a business to because they want to make money, but they also feed into this initiative by kind of strong arming people in the press, strong arming, you know, lesser known reviewers, basically putting copyright claims on, you know, uh, small-time people that have a large influence on the internet, such as the YouTube and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, we are not those people. We're probably bottom of the barrel at this moment uh, oh, in terms, yeah. in terms hey. of uh, br- uh, broadcasting power, so yeah. I don't think they're even focused on us. But We, uh, we are small-time, which actually gives us an advantage. Yeah. We 
are not shills. It's, yeah, it's it's hard to be strong armed when there's nothing to strong arm. That's so, right. Uh, yeah, so there's there's an issue with every single one of these Marvel movies, Disney movies, Star Wars movies, whatever you, where they are just the reviews go through the roof and they're all tens and nines and it's perfect and it's wonderful even <laughs> even if it's the most mediocre mediocre mundane nonsense you've ever seen or just downright bad mediocre um so yeah, let's bring that one back that's been an issue and i think it's kind of surprising to see how low the reviews are even having said that now there is if you go to more of the private reviews there's kind of a backlash about that where people just before the movie even came out, started putting negative reviews out there, but the exact opposite was also true. So they pretty much balanced each other out. Right. So really, in the end, the only reviews that matter are the kind of big heads of press, the more popular media outlets, and even they are kind of divided on how to receive this movie. Um, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes had its own controversy, specifically having to deal with removed reviews as well as uh, mistaking a do you want to see this score for like the overall score of like reviews which is yeah i don't know how which you are two very your own site two very different uh, things do you, you want to see shazam yes is y- shazam yes. a good movie i have no idea no fucking clue but um, it looks like fun <laughs> but uh i also wanted to see suicide squad so you know where did that leave me mm. if you took that as my review well, uh, I'm sorry, you just made the worst movie of all time into the greatest movie of all time, according <laughs> to your rating system. Right. Um, of course, we're kind of making a, a big deal out of nothing, but, you know. <laughs> a little bit. It's just what we are, because we, we are jaded and bitter and salty fans. Um, so I did want to get that out there. Um, if you are looking at reviews, looking for sources, you know, Emery and I are a bit divided on this, but even I am not super high on this movie. Um, it's not necessary really to see this movie. If you want to understand what's going on in the Marvel universe up to now, uh, I, there's one thing that's going to matter to you. And it's, it's that the character exists, basically <laughs> spoiler. The character is there. Hey, you so. remember that pager from infinity war? Guess what? <clears throat> it worked. Yeah, so that's that's what you got. That's that's the contribution to this movie. And really, if you want to have any respect left for Nick Fury, you probably don't want to watch this movie. Don't, um, because they shit upon his character to a great extent, and it's uh, that's probably the most disappointing aspect of this film. Is it that hurts me so deep. It it kind of just craps all over what is a an extremely cool. An extremely well acted character um, portrayed character by Samuel L. Jackson. Always been cool and always been extremely well acted. Yep, and um, yeah, there's there's definitely some issues with this movie that I acknowledge. But in the end, I ended up coming out of the movie saying eh, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. It was fine. I don't care about the Captain Marvel con- canon. So yeah, the, the basic point: reviews are all over the place. People have their own opinions. This is going to be a very divisive movie for many reasons. Some of them because of character development. Some of them because of lack of character development. Some of them because of uh, kind of shoving stuff down people's throats. Um, Some of it because it kind of shits upon some of the lesser important aspects of the MCU that's been established up to now. So it's... 
it's going to be interesting and how seeing how this develops. Uh, I know there's a lot of canon gripes with people who are established Captain Marvel fans. Again, I'm not beholden to that because I just don't care about Captain Marvel's background. Um, but I did do a little quick research just to give you, the audience, a little bit of background on Captain Marvel. Um, Captain Marvel was originally the name of a Fawcett Comics character who is now known as Shazam. Um, Shazam. Which is ironically <laughs> releasing his movie <laughs> right after Captain Marvel. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking will probably be the better movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is rare between Marvel and DC. <laughs> um, That'll be a switch. But uh, Captain Marvel was the moniker of this superhero that could sh- shout out Shazam to transform uh, into this super-powered adult character uh, who could save the world with basically all the powers of Superman, but totally not Superman. So, totally not. <laughs> in typical DC fashion, they sued the fuck out of him. <laughs> Uh, be- Sued him right into oblivion for, for being too much like Superman, even though their basic story premise is completely different. Oh yeah, uh, one's an alien that is powered by the sun. The other one shouts a wizard's name and gains the powers of a bunch of Greek, Roman, and uh, religious figured god slash prophet slash head of state type people. Make it fit. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we want to do. We yeah, make it fit. we just needed the acronym. Um, <laughs> Shazam. Shazam. Uh, so the the character kind of went on hiatus after DC sued the fuck out of them. In the mid-1950s, he was pretty much no more to be seen. So Marvel tactically swept in, as uh, Stanley was known to do from time to time, and uh, basically took the moniker for himself and trademarked it with his own patent and then uh, created the character Captain Marvel with Gene Colan in 1967. And then from there, we have the kind of classic uh, Captain Marvel, who is a male character, uh, who has pretty much been the the overall uh, bearer of the moniker Captain Marvel. Um, the character is called Captain Marvel because his name is Marvel, and very similar to the character Yognog. And Yon-rog. whatever he's Yognog <laughs> to me uh, in this movie, uh, Marvel was a Cree Imperial militia member um, who was, in this case, he was sent to Earth uh, to monitor how they progressed with their technology and make sure that it was done peacefully or whatever. And uh, he eventually breaks from the Supreme Intelligence because he doesn't like what they're doing and sides with the people of Earth for their initiatives, and it becomes a whole thing. And uh, he becomes a superhero on Earth because of this. And then in the 80s, he uh, dies from cancer. (laughs) (laughs) Marvell dies from cancer. The guy with Cree blood, which apparently gives you all these great superpowers and also makes you super resilient and is so good that in this movie, very, very, very minor spoiler... Uh, it saves Brie Larson's uh, character's life. Uh, Carol Danvers is saved because she gets a transfusion of Cree blood. Yeah. So. Oh. 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 So, oh my god! The implications of that. So. Oh my god. <laughs> the the character died from cancer. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Not only does he have uh, genetically superior super blood, 
but he comes from a race of technologically advanced space aliens that basically go in and SEAL Team 6 their way through planets of, you know, alien races that they don't like. Yeah. So a bunch of characters through the years uh, took over Marvel's moniker Captain Marvel. Uh, most of them are relatives, specifically his children. Uh, there's Genus Vale, uh, and there is Mar Marvel, which is a. I'm sorry. There's Genus Vale, which is a genetic offspring of Marvel and Elysius, uh, and he eventually takes the name Photon instead. Philavel, which is his uh, daughter, uh, takes the mantle for a little while in the the, the mid 2000s. Um, then we had an imposter one that bore the mantle and the, appearing as Marvel, the original Marvel. Uh, we had Novar, who's Marvel Boy, who took the mantle for a little while. And then we finally get up to Carol Danvers, who had traditionally been the original Miss Marvel, which was the female co counterpart to Captain Marvel. And she took the proper mantle of Captain Marvel in 2012 as part of the kind of initiative they had with Kamala Khan's Miss Marvel to bring in uh, the first Muslim uh, character to the Marvel product. And then um, as far as the Miss Marvels, uh, we had three of them um, of relevance other than Carol Danvers. Um, two of them really were just side characters that had the mantle for a gimmick for a few books. And then there's Kamala Khan at the end. So really it's been Carol Danvers and Kamala Khan primarily as Miss Marvel. And then Captain Marvel, we have all of these relatives of Marvel. And then Carol Danvers eventually. Um, so that just gives you a quick kind of background on the character. Now, the problem with the Captain Marvel character and Miss Marvel in general is that they retcon the the canon for this character constantly. Yeah. Constantly. Which is why I don't give a shit about this character or any of the worlds that this character is involved in um, in the comics because I just can't keep up with it. You know if, who had the moniker of Captain Marvel before Carol Danvers? Monica Rambeau. Yeah, so Monica Rambeau, I did forget to mention in here. She was the she was technically the second person to ever wear the moniker uh, Captain Marvel in 1982 for yeah. a brief, very brief period. And uh, pay attention to that name because it does appear in this movie uh, at some point in some form. I won't spoil who it is or why it is or how it is, but it's in the movie, which is kind of like a nice little nod to uh, what canon there is for this character. Although I don't know how relevant it will be in the future. So with mm. all that being said, the movie is divisive. A lot of people like it. A lot of people hate it. A lot of people are just mad on it. Uh, uh, we have the, the very convoluted history. So, uh, while there is some strict canon that you know fans would expect to be adhered to, specifically for the characters around Captain Marvel in this movie, and less so for her, her herself, uh, I think there's something to be said about that. Um, in the end, I walked out of this movie thinking it was fine. I th there was a problem with this movie that I call the the death of a thousand paper cuts, where <laughs> there was just little things, little things that could have easily been fixed throughout uh. this entire movie that were 
it was just like a real quick painful prick where you're just cringing a little bit and you're like ooh why why did you do that that didn't that wasn't why that wasn't necessary okay whatever and then you forget about it and go back to just enjoying the big dumb superhero movie that's what this was to me and in the end i gave it you know a, a six i gave it a six that's that's where i'm at i think it's fine i don't hate it i don't love it it's just it's it's the most basic average marvel movie i could imagine so how did you feel about it spoiler free of course um before giving my uh scale of one to ten grade uh i'm going to say that uh well chris is right uh this movie has been very divisive very basic and just uh, all around middling for most people who have gone out to see this movie. Uh, if you are a little tired of the what's been called the Marvel formula, uh, uh, I hope you can sit through another two hours of it because that's exactly what this movie is. <laughs> Uh, and it's with be- just a little bit of M Night Shyamalan mixed in there, <laughs> just a teeny tiny bit. <laughs> what the twist? What the twist? I wish it was one that I didn't see coming from a mile off. Um, this movie, uh, not only is it uh middling and in a lot of cases boring, it's predictable. <laughs> Like, I, I saw things coming from a mile off. And... Yeah, there's, a, there's a little too much foreshadowing and yeah. winking at the audience throughout the movie. And it's it's sometimes it's very much to the movie's detriment. Uh, I think they if they were... Uh, who directed this movie? Do you know? Uh, it was... Off the top the... of your head. <laughs> it was two people who directed a movie called Half Nelson. You ever heard of that movie? Nope. Yeah, join the rest of the club. Uh, okay. So <laughs> this this movie lacks subtlety at at almost every turn. Like it it doesn't know how to just subtly let the audience know what's going on. It has to force feed you everything with a wink and a nod and a nudge and a flashback and whatever the case may be and they literally spell everything out for you in dialogue just long-winded long unnecessarily uh, explanatory dialogue (laughs) pieces between characters and it's yeah when it's not doing that it it, (laughs) when it's not trying to force feed you its own views about how the world should be uh, it is slapping you across the face with exposition that you're going to forget within about an hour of leaving the theater. Yeah. So, oh. so unfortunately, <laughs> if you're going into this movie thinking it's going to be Wonder Woman in space, you're going to probably be pretty disappointed. It's it's more like it's what modern Marvel comics have been kind of known for. <laughs> yeah. But in movie form. Um, a little too direct a little lacking in tact or subtleness um and very preachy it it definitely tells you how you're supposed to feel as opposed to letting you see things for what they are and coming to your own conclusion so there's 
like for me it was death by a thousand paper cuts so in the end you know how did you walk out of the movie feeling and what rating would you give it spoiler free of course uh i hated it i walked out of it hating it because it treated me like i was an idiot and i'm giving this movie a two wow that is that is rough (laughs) you know i give suicide squad a one because it's the worst movie i've ever seen period (laughs) uh i will say that i would not give a little better i would not give (laughs) x-men uh the, the last stand a two i would not give spider-man three a two i would not even give green lantern a two because uh and i would i wouldn't give those movies those scores either because i think they are better wow (laughs) oh oh that is a harsh stance sir the minute you let me think for even a second that green lantern is a better movie than yours you fucked up cg and all they could still be working on that fucking face mask and it'd be better <laughs> than the bullshit that they tried to pull with this fucking movie. Wow. Very harsh. Oh. So there you have it, folks. I, I'm right in the middle of the road. I think it's a it's just a Marvel movie. It's another one. It's <laughs> it's fine. I, I I had a good time. I don't regret going to the theaters to see it. It was fine. But there were a lot of nitpicky things that was just constantly just repeatedly giving you those paper cuts reminding you hey we're stupid hey we didn't think this through hey we didn't do a google search to verify this you know just yeah. small stuff throughout the entire movie that was just very annoying and stuff that i can get over and still enjoy the movie but clearly there's some heavier stuff for emery that he just <laughs> couldn't couldn't get over and nope. of course for full context we're usually pretty harsh or more high on movies depending on how we received it right after the theater and we just saw this movie so we're pretty fresh on it you know yeah we may age on it and think of it a little bit differently that's just part of the process we're not going to change our scores it's just how we felt coming out of the theater what our initial thoughts are yeah Um, so there you have it uh emory gives it a very harsh two out of ten and i give it a, a a solid six um so, without further ado, let's get into spoilers. Again, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you are watching past this point and you have not seen the movie, you may want to step aside and just come back later. That's perfectly fine. We'll be here for your entertainment in the future. I guarantee you. Um, however, I will say this. There is basically nothing worth spoiling in this movie except for the twist. There's a twist with some of the characters uh, at the very end, but you really do kind of see it coming the entire movie. Um, so it's up to you, but I, I would recommend you step away, go see the movie. Um, preferably not in theaters, but you know, if, if that's your only option you want to see a big dumb superhero movie on the big screen, by all means, go see it. Um, I know Emery would probably say otherwise, but I think it's, it's fine. Go see it. Uh, I would say don't waste your money. Don't even waste someone else's money. Wait till it comes out on Netflix. Well, or, the or Disney no. streaming app. Uh, it, that's going to be the thing now. Oh, it might be going to that. Oh, then just don't fucking watch it. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, I don't. Breaking news here, but Disney just announced that all of the Disney films are going to be on the streaming app. 
which is basically <laughs> going to kill anything on Netflix. Hulu. Well, I guess they own Hulu a little bit, so Hulu would probably be fine. But oh. uh, yeah, Amazon's fucked. Netflix is fucked. <laughs> oh. Anybody else out there with any kind of Disney properties on the services, you better watch them right now because they're not going to be on there for very long. And you're going to have to buy the Disney streaming app because the mouse cannot be defeated. Oh. Uh, the mouse has a domination has begun. Oh. The mouse hasn't been defeated yet, but one day, one day. Heavy is the crown. Uh, heavy lies that fucking mouse head. So, uh, let's get into spoilers. So, um, I think both of us would probably be on the same page. You gotta yeah. quit hitting the mic. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think we're both going to be roughly on the same page that I think what they did with Nick Fury was probably the the worst aspect of the movie for comic fans and for fans of the Marvel cinematic universe. Yeah. As a lone movie, as a lone movie, if you want Samuel L. Jackson to be Will Smith from men in black, (laughs) it's fun. It's entertaining. It's fine. But if you take it as within the context of the whole MCU and what Nick Fury has been established as up to this point, it's, you're going to be really disappointed because they, they basically make him the, the head of shield who is still the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. in this movie, into a, just a huge clown. And it's just, it doesn't work. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fucking shame. <coughs> you know, uh, this whole time, I'm going to reference this uh, just this once. Uh, in the movie, The Avengers, uh, Tony Stark calls Nick Fury the spy while they have Black Widow in the same room. Uh, He is not only the spy, Tony Stark goes out of his way to say that even his secrets have secrets. Yeah. He's he's well established as a huge badass that has been doing it for decades. This is the guy who snuck into Tony Stark's house. Yeah. (laughs) And this movie basically makes him out to be a kind of bumbling... Beverly Hills cop <laughs> type of dude who happens to work for the federal government. He's not even like the Axel Foley in the Beverly Hills cop thing. Yeah. They make him Judge Reinhold. I, I think where, I think where they made their biggest mistake is that they didn't assign that kind of comedic role to Coulson. Uh, I think who Col- could have actually done a lot better of a job with yeah. it without ruining canon. Because Coulson is literally the rookie in this. He is he is fresh on the scene. He is a rookie, and you would expect Coulson to be the one yeah. who's bumbling and stumbling and making all these silly mistakes and being the comedic relief because he's not matured yet as an agent. He hasn't done all the things that Nick Fury has done. Nick Fury, on the other hand, there is no reason for him to be the bumbling, stumbling idiot in this movie. Um, and it's this is it's, in a world where at this point uh, the. S.H.I.E.L.D. probably has reports of someone like the Winter Soldier regularly going throughout history and just, you know, murking people mercilessly. Yeah. And also, Captain America, fucking 40 years ago, is the reason the, I think they called it the SSR or something like that at the end of that movie. Like the the group that's responsible for founding S.H.I.E.L.D. in the first place they do that because they know shit like the Red Skull can possibly happen. Yeah. In this movie. Oh, oh my God. They fucked Samuel L. Jackson so fucking yeah. hard. And again, it's not because Samuel L. Jackson did a bad job. He did a great job. 
with, with what, wh- he, what, what he, he was, was given. given. Yeah. <laughs> but what he was given was something that kind of shits upon the character itself and kind of kind of ruins the canon for the character in the MCU, which up to this point had been brilliant and is now kind of fluky and Disney-fied and, you know, wink again, winking at the audience at every turn, uh, which is probably a bad term for a guy with one eye, but, you know, it's it's there. <laughs> it's, it's very awkward. Hey, kids, uh, you remember Nick Fury from all those previous movies? How would you like to, to see him be... Something close to a bumbling idiot throughout the entirety of a movie where he's traipsing around with what's supposed to be the most powerful being in all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it's like if Frank Castle, for all this time as the Punisher, was built out to be such a badass and this, he was a SEAL and all this stuff. And then you go back into his past in a, a movie that talks about some other superhero and they make him the comedic relief, and he's basically Paul Blart Mall Cop. That's oh. that's what this movie does to <laughs> to Nick Fury, and it's, it's so bad. It's it's really cringeworthy. It's really disappointing. And oh. it, it, I, I understand that. Hey, the movie's supposed to be focused on Captain Marvel, but really the problems were focusing on dumping things onto Nick Fury's character. Yeah, and this was. Kind of like what you told me about Ant-Man and the Wasp, where it should have just been called Wasp featuring the (laughs) Ant-Man. This movie should have been called Nick Fury featuring Captain Marvel. Like (laughs) It was focused almost primarily on Nick Fury having fun dialogue and running around being Will Smith (laughs) Yeah, uh, with Captain Marvel tagging along. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Pretending to be Wolverine and... uh, pretending not to remember things and then conveniently remembering things and then totally not remembering things. Um. Uh, <laughs> See, th- this is my impression of Captain Marvel. Uh, uh, where did I come from? But this whole time I've been fighting and I have all these dreams. Where did I come from? And then I half expect Brie Larson to actually show up and say, but where did I come from, though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's very... <sighs> It's very awkward. There's a lot of like just winking at the audience moments that didn't need to be there. There's a lot of moments where uh, they just they just kind of squander how great Nick Fury is and should have been. I mean, there's the scene where they're kind of they've been figured out, they've been found out, and they're in the 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 army base or air force base, whatever it is, and they're in the little in, interrogation room, and he's taking the fingerprint off of the scotch tape and putting it on the scanner. That's a cool moment where you're like, okay, so yeah, uh, Nick Fury or Fury does have some of these skills that he should have yeah. as a fucking master of espionage, uh, you know? Yeah. And then they immediately shit on it by making it into a big joke where Brie Larson just blows up the next door. Um, and you're sitting there like, okay, I get it. You did that for the Disney winking at the audience. Ha ha funny moment uh, where we're supposed to be laughing, but nobody's laughing. And then it what you so do dumb. is you ruin the f- the whole part where he's trying to be sneaky. He's trying to sneak through there undetected. And we just blew up the fucking door for no reason. Uh, and I'll tell you what makes that scene worse. Yeah. Uh, maybe a few scenes prior to that, uh, there's a a chase 
that happens between uh, Captain Marvel and a scroll. And you know how that chase starts? With Captain Marvel being shot at and then doing that same type of power blast, not even like a couple hours beforehand. Yeah. So, and again, this is something that Nick Fury is very aware of. Uh, yeah. Uh, but again, we're just going to pretend like he's a big dummy. <laughs> oh, he forgot. That oh. silly guy. Yeah. It's not like he could have asked her to do that or something. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of really cringeworthy moments in this movie that just didn't need to be there they just they just didn't need to be there and it's very much to the detriment of this movie and i really wish they hadn't gone that route personally um (laughs) other things i i know you got a whole list of things you want to rant about yep um yep we i when i was talking about my perspective on the movie the death by a thousand paper cuts there are just things that pull you out of the movie and the entire thing and most of it's just like i wonder if this is how people felt about watching like back to the future when they grew up in the 50s and they're like okay that's just ridiculous that wasn't there you know that's not how it was i i honestly wonder if that's how they felt watching back to the future and these kind of 80s movies that were kind of like playing back into a nostalgic 80s like it wasn't like that back then yeah like this movie, everybody has a fucking computer, and everybody has internet connection. It's slow, which, you know, it was. <laughs> Dialogue, but, look, that's nobody, nobody had the fucking internet in their home, and th- these computers were oppressively expensive in 1995, you know? Unless you were pretty wealthy and pretty well off, and you had an interest in computers, which most people didn't think were going to be a thing yet. Yeah. You- internet cafes? In 1995, that's... Are you fucking kidding me? You're, you're a few years off there. You need to... Ooh. If this movie was in 1999, Ooh. okay, maybe. Yeah. Not 1995. Like that's, 90... That's just even, not... Even 98 would be pushing it. That's just not how it was. And they spend this movie... It's not like they're in a, you know, a mecca of technology like New York City or San Francisco or Silicon Valley or something. They're no. in L.A. They're... <laughs> Well, they were in somewhere in the desert initially. Yeah. And then they ended up in Louisiana, <laughs> which is definitely not some kind of mecca of computer technology. But everybody yeah. seems to have a computer and they, <laughs> they all seem to be able to connect to the internet seamlessly. Um, which it's is like, oh, just to give it a minute. Which is certainly not the case. Um, like, yeah, every. Everybody laughed because uh, it's, it's a fucking slow internet connection. Hey, that, that's so, a joke, right? Uh, these are all things that could have just easily been fixed. You know, they weren't necessary. Their phone books existed. Just have them use a phone book. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you see, earlier in the movie, she MacGyver's phone technology to space call... Her commander. Yeah. With parts from Radio Shack. With, yes, thank you, Radio Shack, <laughs> for sacrificing conveniently, yourself for this movie. Conveniently parked right next to Blockbuster. How convenient. Uh, um, but um, there was just little stuff like that that just should have been corrected. It was not corrected because they wanted to have their Disney winking at the audience moment. And it, sometimes it worked. You know, I'm not saying I wasn't entertained at the times that it did work, but... It just, it was little nitpicky things that were just like bringing me out of the movie again and again and again and again, and I couldn't be immersed in the movie. Uh, another thing was like the mu- music. 
there was several songs that were playing on the radio and whatnot and these scenes and in the flashbacks that you're like okay those dates are a little off hey that t-shirt uh yeah that didn't exist yet so (laughs) you could have easily google searched these things and found out like they had uh they had uh carol danvers in her little dream state with the supreme intelligence where a record of nirvana was playing from in utero come as you are was playing on the record there and i'm like okay her memories are from 1989 and beyond into the past. Mm-hmm. She has no idea what the song is. She has never heard the song. Why is it playing in her subconscious? Uh, yeah. So like at no point does that song play for her to think of and for her to remember in a scene that happens much later and goes out of its way to yeah. point out like, Oh, you're listening to this song on vinyl. So that's, that's stuff that's just little nitpicky stuff that if you're aware, if you grew up during this era, like Emery and I did, yeah, because we're old fucks. Yeah, we are. And it's, it's, it's annoying. It's extremely annoying. It's really cringeworthy, you know, and it's, it's, it doesn't sit well when Ooh. you're trying to be immersed in the movie. Now there's other things that are far more plot centric that should have been corrected throughout this movie, but absolutely were not. Oh, yeah. The entire premise of this movie is that both of these groups are trying to find this new tech in a light speed engine. <laughs> they, and they constantly call it the light speed engine. Now, let me give you a basic science lesson, okay? They're trying to get to the nearest galaxy so they can find a home world in this movie, the scrolls. Uh, let's see, Google, how long will this take me? We're starting at 10.04. Uh, how far <laughs> away is the nearest galaxy to the Milky Way? Let's find out, shall we? Uh, let's see here. Yep. So, that the nearest galaxy, the Andromeda Galaxy, is approximately... 2.5 million light years away. Million? What, what million? <laughs> light years being how far light travels in an Earth year. Wow. So those scrolls are going to be waiting a while, <laughs> even with this brand new wonderful technology. 2.5 million years. Oh, All right. my God. And uh, these... Uh, these Kree are going through space and they're able to reach earth from a whole other solar system. And I think they said 22 hours, something like that. All right. Let's see how far away is the nearest star from earth. Well, let's say the sun cause the sun is technically a star. Yeah. Uh, so, Alpha Centauri, which is the nearest star to our own solar system, mm-hmm. it's 4.367 light years away. So that means at light speed, which this is a light speed engine, at light speed, it would take four and a half years to get there. And yet they did it in 22 hours. Clearly, they don't need a fucking light speed engine. Yeah, no, not even a little. And this is something that's repeated over and over and over again, and it 
pisses me off so much because this is why American students are failing math and science. Because movies like this are dumb. Uh, you couldn't just say warp or something along those lines. Say a dark matter drive or a warp drive. Or an or antimatter drive. drive. May, uh, may, maybe take a cue from Star Trek just a little. Yeah. Just uh, a little. I'm pretty sure these things aren't copywritten. You can say them. You yeah. don't say light speed drive because that's not what you're trying to achieve if you want practical space exploration. Yeah, no, that's uh, you'd be going slow. You you might as well. You'd be going slower than the Kree are currently going in this movie. In this movie, that this is technology that would be technically beneath them. They went from the other side of the galaxy, Ronan. To uh, exterminate the people on Earth uh, in, what, a day? Maybe? Less than a day? uh, 22 hours. I'm pretty sure that's faster than light speed. 22 Earth hours. So that's... My God. Very much like Aquaman saying that... uh, (laughs) Atlantis was established in this desert or whatever before the Sahara was a desert. I'm like, do you realize how long in geological time the Sahara has been a desert? I guarantee you it's longer than humans have been on this planet. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. In the form of Homo sapiens. Yeah, so. It's real dumb. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fucking dumb. And uh, there's a lot of issues. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. Um, there's, there's a lot of just nitpicky issues all through. And that one, that one was central to the plot. So it was really stark. Um, and another thing, th- again, this is related to the Nick Fury thing. And it's also related to the nitpicky kind of uh, plot devices that uh, are important. Um, Nick Fury... Uh, creates the Avengers Initiative at the end of this movie. And in 15-ish years, he found a guy with a bow and arrow and uh, a sexy secret agent. That's what we got to protect the Earth from an alien invasion. That's what we accomplished. Oh, no, he was just biding his time. Oh, I'm sure. Like, he had to wait till... Uh, some drunken rich bitch created a fucking tin can <laughs> suit for himself. He waited until some uh, uh, space alien asshole dropped his hammer in the middle of New Mexico. Yeah. And he waited until they finally found the America's favorite Boy Scout from World War II in the ice yep. and dug his ass out. It's just like and, we had to wait And even for then, all you just them. got a real strong boy. And, that's that's and, what you got. You and, got a guy you, that's like three times as strong as a top tier athlete. Yeah. <laughs> congrats. And, c- congrats. I don't think that's going to help in space. Yeah. And uh, we established that both the Kree and the Skrull are apparently way stronger than humans already. Oh, uh, for the record. Uh, one of the things that I forgot to mention, uh, as far as who Nick Fury decided to wait until he showed up, was uh, you know that uh, that scientist with anger management issues. You know the bright green rage monster. Yeah, who's known for uh, punching way above his weight. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. You know, he was building these aircraft carriers, but he wasn't building any kind of space defense system. Uh, Yeah. You know, there's just, there's some issues. (laughs) There's a lot of issues. And it definitely makes Nick Fury look real fucking dumb. Oh, um, 
So about that uh, light speed engine that was designed by a space alien. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, did, by did Marvel. We just, who did we is... just leave that completely alone this whole fucking time? <laughs> yep. Apparently. <laughs> apparently, we just said, ah, fuck it. It's probably not that important. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll we'll get back to that. Oh, you need the tesseract to power it? Well, I'm sure it's fine. We'll keep it here. You go off into space and uh, go play with your scroll buddies. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's dumb all around. There's, oh. There's oh a God. lot of dumb in this movie. And also the the end scene where Brie Larson shows up in the modern time after the events of, of Avengers Infinity War. What the fuck was she doing this entire time? More importantly... Because fucking Ronan was certainly still there. Uh, yeah. Killing everybody. Yeah. So clearly she didn't accomplish anything she was trying to do. Uh, uh, not only does this also make... she got there really fucking fast, yeah. faster than light. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, there's yeah. problems. Oh my <laughs> god. Uh, uh, okay, so uh, Ronan dies at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, the same Ronan who met Carol Danvers in the '90s in yeah. like a kind of anticlimactic space battle oh yeah and then says oh and remember we'll be back he's gonna be back for her right not the tesseract for her right at what point does that happen uh uh, probably never because she didn't fucking come back (laughs) yeah about that she went off with her little green buddies yeah so that makes (laughs) a ronin look like a fucking ineffectual asshole either that or it makes uh he's really forgetful (laughs) yeah yeah or it makes captain marvel look like uh someone who just decides to run from a fight yeah and that brings up yet another nitpicky thing the de-aging stuff in this movie is extremely inconsistent Mm -hmm. they de-ageify samuel jackson for a lot of the scenes as they should because he's kind of the focus of the movie for a lot of it yeah um but colson Half his scenes, he's like youngified the the new <laughs> Disney technology, and then the other half of his scenes, he's old again. Uh, yeah. For example, when they have the Cree imposter or the Scroll imposter, excuse me, uh, stupid alien bullshit, uh, <laughs> pretending to be Coulson, he's the old Coulson. He doesn't have the makeup on making him young looking. He's just old Coulson. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, they gave him a toupee, and, and then and maybe that's it. Ronan, who is a Cree alien being that you don't need to youngify at all, they made him look young. Yeah. Like really, he aged that much. This guy with this Cree superior blood that fucking fights everything, but oh, don't, don't and literally you... saved a human being from being destroyed by the power cosmic. Oh, don't uh, you know his yeah. like the Cree? They're Benjamin Buttons. They they age in reverse. <laughs> so what's going on with Ronan? <laughs> so again, small little nitpicky things that shouldn't affect your enjoyment of the movie, but it happens so frequently that you can't help but be pulled out of the movie constantly. Yep. Um, so that that and that's on the director uh, that it's it's not it's on nobody else it's on the direction staff and the production staff it was just unnecessary things that were in the movie that just it it brings you out of the movie repeatedly um what else should we rant about uh you know what else brings me out of a movie constantly telling me about things that happen off screen that uh i'm just supposed to I don't know, maybe care about a little? Yeah. There was a lot of 
flashback explanation scenes. I'd say probably at least a third of this movie was nothing but flashbacks and or explanation scenes from a confused amnesic Brie Larson, uh, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. <laughs> and it was uh, it was very awkward. And really, let's face it, none of this canon matters because it's all new. Yeah. <laughs> like, none of it is established canon. You know, Marvel is no longer the guy we know as Captain Marvel from the comics. It's this old lady, Kree, who, who is building a light speed engine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing uh, against Annette Benning. She did the best with what she was given. She is the equivalent of how I feel about Dennis Quaid in regards to Harrison Ford as I feel for Annette Bedding to Meryl Streep. She is <laughs> She's the poor version? She is Meryl Streep light. <laughs> oh, diet Meryl Streep. She's playing the character fine. She kind of looks like Meryl Streep a little bit. She's she's very buttoned up, looks good, but there's just something missing. There's just something falling flat and it was the same it's always the same thing with me for Dennis Quaid. Like he's he he has everything that Harrison Ford has, but there's just something falling flat. Something's not working. Something is missing. Something just doesn't work. And that that also happens to be how I felt about Brie Larson in this movie. Just, uh, yeah. I don't I don't have an equivalent comparison for her, but she just she just fell flat for me so frequently. You, and I just I you, you know what's missing? Personality. Yeah, there Her personality <laughs> is that she's emotional. Like what kind of person is Captain Marvel? I still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> And she doesn't either. <laughs> Amnesia. But yeah, there's, there's. I think overall the cast was very good. They, they certainly had a list cast members signed on to do the projects. Uh, you had Jude Law, you had Samuel L. Jackson, you, you had Annette Bening, you had Brie Larson, uh, and several other returning characters. And these are all very good actors who are completely either wasted or miscast. Or poorly written yeah. in so, this movie. There's a lot of that in this movie. So, unfortunately, and, and I don't begrudge the actors at all. I don't think it was any of the actors' fault or actresses' fault. I think it was more on the writing and the direction of the movie and how they wanted these characters portrayed in this specific movie. Uh, not across the MCU, but in this movie alone. Uh, and there's certainly a lot of Disney-isms that bleed into this movie. And while it's enjoyable... If you're watching this movie for the context of the greater MCU, for the canon, for the lore building they they've had established for this past what ten years, fifteen years, what are we looking at now? Uh, this is going into year eleven. Yeah, eleven. So yep. it it's really hard to. There's no excuse. Take it as there, is. There is literally no excuse. Yeah. So. Uh, oh. Right. Uh, you know what I liked about uh, movies like, uh, say, <coughs> Captain America, The First Avenger, or Guardians of the Galaxy, or Thor Ragnarok a tiny bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you hold your tongue there. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, those movies had a style to them. And this movie attempts to do that but I don't think anyone told them that just because you cover everything in 90s shit 
does not in itself make that a movie style. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's very inconsistent. And even when it's pretending to be in the 90s style, it's failing. Yeah. Like, the flashbacks where she has in the 80s, nobody has, you know, the spray hair. No one has the big hair. They all have modern hairstyles. They all have modern-looking clothing. Yeah. With modern prints on them. Yeah. Um, Like, they didn't even put the effort forward. And then it's, it's (laughs) it's very similar with the 90s stuff. Like, a handful of people that they're accentuating because it's for the scene to establish, hey, just a reminder, we're in the 90s. (laughs) <laughs> radical dude uh, uh, they... I didn't hear one person say either gnarly or tubular or sick <laughs> or tight I didn't I didn't uh, hear fat I didn't hear phat yeah I yeah. didn't hear a single person utter any of those phrases yeah so there there were some scenes where they tr- try to accentuate it and shove it down your throat a little bit but then the rest of the stuff that's supposed to be setting the atmosphere it just it, it fails it fails. Uh, yeah, and it was just off. It was just the the effort wasn't put forward in addressing that, and they certainly had the budget for it. I don't see why it wasn't addressed. Um, in terms of budget, I will say this: um, overall, I think of any superhero movie period, this probably had the most. Um, I I wouldn't say convincing, but the most acceptable CG moments in it. Yeah, where I wasn't just all of these movies, they're just drowned in CG, especially with the DC mil- movies right now. They're oh, just yeah. drowned in unnecessary D- or, uh, CGI. CGI, and it's usually poorly done CGI because they're trying to push these all out at a certain time frame. This movie actually had some pretty great CG moments, uh, specifically when the engine originally blows up around her. Yeah, uh, where the 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 power is going into her initially, and the explosions happening. I was like, wow, they actually animated that perfectly. Like that looks pretty cool. But that, the, that was a pretty moment. That being said, again, paper cuts. <laughs> There's just a handful of scenes where the CG is so off and so jarring. You're like fuck that does not work (laughs) some of it's where she's flying around in space pushing these missiles around (laughs) some of it's where they got the cat who's again another comic relief character that also happens to kind of screw up some more of nick fury's past don't get me started on that fucking cat uh and hey it it got a casting poster so you settled the fuck down all right Uh, no that is a star of this movie all right you know what you know what (laughs) fuck it we're gonna talk about the cat we're going to talk about why, why, for fuck's sake, does Nick Fury, probably the uh, most cautious person in all of Marvel Cinematic Universe history, in this movie, an idiot who won't listen to everyone telling him to put the cat down. Yeah. After seeing what the cat can do, which uh, is devour everybody and uh, fuck everybody up. Right. Uh, uh, thanks for that uh, poor ripoff of a... But no, uh, that cat's so cute. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Let I me love... rub it against my face. I love this cat. I love this cat so much. Oh my God. Oh, aren't you just yeah. a pretzel? Ah! Yeah. Coming in my eye. Yeah. It gave me... My eye. All right. This is the thing everyone was waiting for. I have a few things I got to say about the cat. 
Firstly, I find it extremely suspicious that we're matching up the tentacle monster with the pussy. <laughs> All right? All right? Don't pretend like you don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, All right? God. We all know what's out there on the internet. No. Why, why not, are we putting not, these things together? Not the hentai. All right? No. All right? I see what the mouse is up to, okay? No. The mouse pretends like it's all innocent and PG. Don't you. I'm on to you. Don't you dare make this in any way, shape, or form related to a not as terrible medium of entertainment <laughs> as anime. You hate this movie so much. Oh, I do. I do. Oh my god. This movie oh, manages man. to not only bring down the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it also tarnishes the memory that I have of the movie Top Gun. <laughs> What's the name of that cat again? Goose. Goose? <laughs> <laughs> Captain Maverick and Goose. Oh, I wish this cat died in that movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I. Oh, I, I get it. Oh, believe me, I get it. It's it's fine. It's just fine. No, it's not. It's fine. No, it's you can not. easily forget this movie. It doesn't <laughs> matter in the end. It's just a movie. I I, I need amnesia it's, to forget it's this movie. Fine. It's fine. No. It's just fine. No. Don't worry. When Ant-Man goes into the quantum realm and resets all this bullshit, <laughs> you're not going to remember it anyway because you're going to be watching the Avengers fight the X-Men on screen. <laughs> In an alternate timeline, and you're going to be like, awesome. 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 Captain Marvel doesn't fucking matter because Rogue took her powers. Hey. See? See? Look. Hey. See? If that happens, you're going to be like, all right, this movie's a four. <laughs> uh, no, it's a three. It would be a three only because I still have hope that Rogue <laughs> will actually do the right thing and be a villain, an Avengers villain, as she was first uh, touted. And finally, take Ms. Captain Marvel's yeah. powers. And this is since Captain Marvel. Oh. Uh, because Marvel is an old lady who makes a light speed drive on Earth. Yeah, light speed uh, drive. Which oh. is very annoying to me. Yeah, that's, so the message of this movie uh, how many. Uh, <laughs> how many ways can I tell you what the message of this movie is? Uh, well, I don't know, babe. Why don't you smile some more? <laughs> uh, hey, bitch, why are, you, why are you driving the go-kart? You know it's only for boys. <laughs> you can't climb a rope. Oh, um, You mean that yeah, message? <laughs> yeah, the, the message is not only don't be a dick, don't have a dick, don't be around people with dicks. <laughs> and if Because you, they'll only disappoint you. And if you see a dick within 500 feet of you, blast it from fucking space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was... It was very preachy. Uh, it was very preachy. Yeah. And I get that the... The intent is good. But in the end, you made literal—you literally made the plot about a woman who can't keep her emotions in check. <laughs> That's literally the plot device for the first half, three quarters of the movie, is that she can't keep her emotions in check. 
what emotions and yet you yeah exactly exactly like tell me what emotions she actually portrayed yeah (laughs) and then that that's literally the plot device meanwhile the this entire movie you're telling us how we should you know (laughs) perceive all men as these kind of caricatures uh yeah and and how they're constantly yeah, what's your spell, baby? What's up, baby? You, you want to ride me? <laughs> like I, I understand that stuff happens, but it doesn't happen every ten minutes. <laughs> uh, so, it, it not only does it not happen every ten minutes, it is statistically highly unlikely that any given woman on the face of this planet would experience. Every single form of misogyny yeah. ever recorded. Paternal misogyny, <laughs> sibling misogyny. Workplace uh, misogyny. Workplace misogyny, potential uh, suitor misogyny. Uh, <laughs> cr- you know, the typical creepy motorcycle dude misogyny. Uh, just the, the policeman misogyny. Just oh my God. It's like, okay, I get it. The mentor misogyny yep. from the Cree guy. Like, yep. It's all there, and it's very forced. And I, I was so convinced that her best friend was going to be a secret les- lesbian lover that, and they had <laughs> adopted this child. <laughs> I was so convinced that uh, I am convinced. I don't think. I think they were going to be lesbian lovers in the end. And then I they were like, "No, that let's were just not that have were a love interest. yeah, that were living in secret because they couldn't technically be married in the state that they lived in, or something along those lines, or because they wouldn't have been able to adopt a child if they had known that they were together, or something like that. Uh, together which, in which, the state of Louisiana which, in the nineties, which could have been a which could have been a decent you know storyline there if they hadn't been shoving crap down her throats the entire time. Oh yeah." And then they were like, well, maybe that's too much. So we're, we're just going to put this little tiny explanation in there. Oh, we're best friends who have always been together ever since we were teenagers and lived together and went to military schools together yeah. and flew together in the same outpost and happened to both take care of this child who conveniently doesn't have a father. We do everything together. We we sing, we dance, we fly planes. Uh, sometimes we even do each other. Wait, hold up. <laughs> nope. Nope. We're, we're, we're not doing oh, that one. Oh, they're under us. Oh, change oh. the line. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, no. But it's fine. That, if, if that was the angle they took, it'd be completely fine. But the, the problem with this movie is that they just shove it down your throat and they make caricatures of these characters and then they completely stomp on what they're trying to do by making the movie about a woman who can't control her emotions which is in and of itself a terrible stereotype like it's 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 just it's a bad angle all around and i think it was poorly handled uh and i get it the intent was there there was good intent there i totally see what they were driving at they were driving at achieving something along the lines that wonder woman achieved but if you watch Wonder Woman, she develops as a character. She doesn't just say the same perfect character that never screws up, you know. <laughs> she actually grows as a human being, and you you get the you get the message with subtlety that they're trying to imply. You know, you see these badass warrior women that have you know been in battle and battle hardened, and you can see what they're capable, and they're all jacked, and they've you know like. <laughs> It's a totally different world, and then she comes to this world of kind of, you know, male-focused, driven, uh, you know, war-emboldened, m- misogynistic type of environment of the 40s, 
uh, and well, I guess that was World War One. Excuse me. Yeah. So you know, mid-teens, I guess. Um, but it, it's subtle. It's something you absorb because you're engrossed in the movie world. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, that made me think a bit. That was cool. It's not like, hey, babe, what's up? Hey, why don't you smile more, bitch? Hey. <laughs> like, that's, 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 not how, <laughs> that's not a very good way of portraying your character, of developing your character, and sending a, a good intentional mes- message, you know, subtly. You know, it's yeah. the, it's the art, it's the tact of yeah. the execution that makes it a problem, not like, not the initiative itself. Yeah. By contrast, Wonder Woman's message is that uh, it doesn't matter who you are or what you have between your legs, you too can be powerful. The message of Captain Marvel is that not only are you more powerful than men. It's that if if you were actually free, you would be the most powerful thing in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm your Venus. I, I, I'm your fire. Yeah. Oh God, they might as well have played that song. <laughs> Another song they might as well have played is uh, uh, going back to the flashbacks of what Captain Marvel's life used to be. Um, <laughs> You know why they call it a cockpit, right? Uh, you're never going to be able to climb because you're a girl. Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of like, adult you're... military students who clearly know that's not the truth. Right. Like, oh, you can't climb a rope. <laughs> How could you possibly climb a rope? Yeah. Like, given okay. that she's already like several meters into the fucking air already. <laughs> she was at the top. <laughs> she was at the top she of the fucking rope. at the top and they were saying this You bullshit. can't climb the rope. <laughs> you can't swing from that. You're going to... You're gonna screw up. You're stuffed. You're a woman. Yeah, it was. It was so forced <laughs> and so. It was just a big caricature. Yeah, and it was unnecessary because it didn't serve the plot at all. Yeah, like it, it, the one point that they tried to tie it into the plot and make it somewhat useful is when the supreme intelligence is trying to mind fuck her and basically you know bring up her most traumatic failures. And apparently, <laughs> her most traumatic failures are falling down. Uh, uh, falling down at a baseball game after missing a swing. Was yeah. that right? Uh, yeah, falling uh, down at a in, in a baseball screwing game, screwing up while trying to swing from rope to rope like a monkey, and falling down, and falling down. Yeah. Uh, wrecking her little go kart into some hay bales, uh, and yeah. then her daddy telling down. her, "Now that's your brother's go kart. You shouldn't have been driving that." It's like you're uh, not supposed to drive that. You let him drive. Those were her most. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, her most jarring emotional memories up to that point i'd say she lived a pretty privileged fucking life yes yeah, she did uh, uh you know what the soundtrack for that backstory is it's a chumbawamba song i get knocked down <laughs> but i get up again you're never gonna keep me down uh, i get knocked down it was the mo- the tiniest little violin was playing in oh. the background it was just so it was so bad. It was just awkward. It was it was poorly executed. Again, the intent was there, and I appreciate what the intent was, and I don't begrudge them for having that intent and trying to execute on it. But it they just missed the mark so poorly. Uh, it, it, yeah, it was 
it was it's something worth bringing up because it again death by a thousand paper cuts it just kept happening um and it was something that just kept bringing you out of the movie and going okay we get it we get it okay thank you we get it can we move on now we got it we got it hey in the back we got it we got it (laughs) Hey, you got it back there? <laughs> yep, we got it. Let's yep. move on. We got it? Okay. Oh, um, did, did you guys see a flaw in the character? No? Okay, well, these other people see in oh, the Oh, her movie. flaw is that she's an emotional woman until oh. the very end where it's totally not a flaw anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that thing where it's like in the... Which, pal- again, when she's emotional, it's like, okay, she's just... A human? <laughs> she's just no- normal? Yeah. Like, not she's only not a brick wall of boring? The, the power was inside her all along. Hey, we're not watching paint dry. <laughs> Amazing. And the power was the friend she made along the way. And yeah. her power was the thing that the characters had been looking for this whole time? Why yeah. did they not just... Never let her leave that planet. Yeah. Again, another nitpicky thing. <laughs> she, she's incredibly irresponsible. <laughs> we were making her to make to be this great, incredible character, and she literally tells the single mother, uh, yeah, with an eleven-year-old child in front of them, "Hey, yeah. why don't you go up in this spaceship with me and fly a spaceship?" And hopefully you don't die and endanger your child's welfare. Uh, Oh, and they literally bring her grandparents (laughs) over to babysit with fucking green aliens in the living room. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so dumb. Uh, Yeah, it was real dumb. Like, at what point did it ever seem like a good idea to write a scene where the single mother, emphasis on on this phrase the single mother is convinced by her child that she should go her child in- and her amnesic best friend supposedly who came from outer space and fucked up her life yeah to go up into space in a craft she's never piloted before and, and is unlike any craft she's piloted before on a de- possibly deadly mission to save a bunch of space aliens that she's never met. And, and doesn't trust and threatened her child. Yeah. Speaking of these space yeah, aliens. Yeah, remember that, that scroll who was abducting her child and basically holding it over her to make them comply? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. She went up and helped them, <laughs> risking <laughs> her life and leaving her fucking single 11-year-old child alone. With no guardian except the grandparents who were just like, all right, whatever, green aliens. All right, go ahead. Go off into space, honey. Whatever. Yeah. Just, <laughs> it's dumb all around. Oh, oh It's know- really irresponsible. Oh, and by the way, another physics complaint. Again, death by a thousand paper cuts. Uh-huh. You don't go in front of an opposing aircraft to <laughs> blow it up. Because when you blow it up, you fly into the debris and you blow up. Yeah. Uh, uh, so this single the mother, guy, the guy who's actually been in the military, <laughs> the single mother should have died several times. Uh, it, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of again, other... very minor thing. It's a movie thing. I get it. But uh, if you watch Top Gun, <laughs> as clearly they tried to, 
the planes have to fly behind the other planes so they can shoot them down. They maneuver to get behind each other and go parallel with each other. Because if they go in front of each other and shoot each other down, they're both going to die. Yeah, that is... It's a chase. It is not a collision course. What the... but that's just a movie thing that everybody does now. So I yeah not, again, death by a matters. thousand paper cuts. My, very minor gripe, but it's there. And it's absolutely there. nothing matters. You know what else uh, doesn't matter? Uh, yet another message being forced down my throat. Like uh, you know the scrolls that right. uh, other advanced uh, space alien race that uh, you know has been troubling people like the Fantastic Four and the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. and the Kree. Let's it, let's go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, yep. We totally retconned the canon for the scrolls. The scrolls have almost always been these devious entities that become doppelgangers of whoever they kill or occupy to invade their planet and conquer them. It's almost like being able to copy someone's complete physical appearance makes you really good at infiltration yeah. and being devious. Yeah. <laughs> and this movie, again, <laughs> Elephant in the Room, it's this big spoiler. So if you watched up to this point, this is the big spoiler I was addressing. Mm-hmm. So if you watch the spoilers up to this point and you don't want to know what the big spoiler is, turn it off now, come back later, tell us what you think. Um so in this movie they make the scrolls innocent. They're 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 refugees who are being hunted down uh basically unfairly by the Kree and exterminated since when? <laughs> uh but no since we told you so. Uh just like we told you Nick Fury Fury is a fucking dope <laughs> and he doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, uh propaganda. <laughs> and his eye was cut out by a cat. Uh so uh, fake news. Uh yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about this twist. I didn't dislike it. It now I will say this: it reeks of Iron Man three, where they had the whole Mandarin angle, and then surprise, the Mandarin's actually this white guy who gets really hot sometimes. Uh, and <laughs> he not, spits hot fire, and not Ben Kingsley, who is an actor. Huh. <laughs> uh, isn't that so funny? Um, oh. But that's what it reeked up to me, like, and and they were foreshadowing it literally the entire movie. Like, oh, yeah. if you were paying attention whatsoever, you caught the hints, and you're like, oh, I see what they're doing. Okay, it's coming. The scrolls aren't bad guys. I see it coming. They literally allude to it at the beginning of the movie. Like, it's it's in the first few minutes of the movie where they start giving you little hints that hey, maybe we're the bad guys. Um, <laughs> They they might as well have made every single one of this uh, Star Force or what's basically Kree's uh, SEAL Team 6 yeah. have, you know, lightning bolts and skulls on their fucking uniform. Yeah. If you remember, what was it? Is it Korath? Is that the dude with the white goatee, black dude with the white goatee? Yep. And the swords. So he's part of the team at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So seeing that, you should know immediately, oh, these guys are bad guys. And that that's that was the first hint I got. I'm like, oh, they're gonna be bad guys. Okay, uh, like they, I see where they're going. They, they got a guy who was a villain in Guardians of the Galaxy already. Yeah. And so. then you see Ronan several times, so you're already like, okay, we know that Ronan is an established bad character. Yeah, Ronan the Accuser is a bad character, and he talks about taking the Accusers to war with the Scrolls, and you're like, oh, 
Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, these are all bad guys. Okay. <laughs> and well before they tell the audience explicitly that they're bad guys, which they do over and over and over again. And uh, over again. But, yeah, I didn't. And over again. I, I very much suspect you hate that twist. But <laughs> as goofy as it is, I didn't dislike it. I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Uh, because this movie yeah. is not beholden to any canon whatsoever, and uh, I am not uh, beholden to any canon whatsoever, so I was yeah. able to lay back and be like, okay, that's kind of a cool initiative, and it gave an, an emotional an emotional moment for the movie that otherwise had none. Uh, that was very flat otherwise. Yeah, for normies, I can see how this would just uh, be like, oh, it's alright, it's fine. It's like... It, they're, they're innocent this whole time. We're just uh, preaching the innocence of a foreign race that is just looking for a home. Like, we, for some reason, like, we keep encroaching upon their, their planets and their lands, and they keep trying to hide from us. <laughs> but, you know, this very powerful set of people, we... They just keep stomping on them and trying to eradicate them. Look, we don't know what will happen if we let these illegal aliens onto planet Earth. We can't. They're, we they're, can't be hospitable to these refugees. We don't know what their background is. They're we, probably it's, killers it's and some, drug dealers. Uh, some of the, there, there's criminals. There's it's, criminals. It's documented with documented <laughs> cases of criminals. <laughs> Uh, like they're, they're, we need to they, be like the Cree. They have a wall. They have a strong digital wall. <laughs> uh, they have a veiled system. You can't see their planet. So they have no illegal immigrants. Their illegal immigration rate was zero. It was less than zero, in it, fact. I have it on good authority f- from some very good people. It, there's, uh, a, there's a space caravan that they're hiding in. They're trying to like encroach upon our borders. They're going to take our jobs. <laughs> they're going to impregnate our women. They're even they, going to take our identities. They're going they to take can, our they, identities. They will, they will literally take your face. They're criminals. They're criminals, <laughs> and we can't adhere to them. Uh, I the The... the more uh, shield-friendly portion of our government <laughs> wants us to at least take the women and children, but that will just lead to the military-aged men trying to cross our borders. Uh, we can't allow this in our atmosphere. Uh, look, I'm sure... I want to build a space wall. <laughs> I, I'm sure there are good people on both sides of this war. But I gotta say, Run of the Accuser, uh, very nice guy. Uh, very, very good, succe- very, very nice guy. Very successful. Yep. He's been very successful so I, far. I don't know if the allegations are true <laughs> that he exterminates entire worlds, uh, that he tried to nuke the Earth. But I, I have it on good authority that he was very nice to me and, <laughs> and my counterparts. <laughs> so yeah, there's <laughs> there's a whole angle there that's pretty fun. <laughs> God! <laughs> <laughs> oh, way to steal something out from under the Fantastic Four yet again. Yeah, it's so, like we already took the Inhumans from them. Yeah, we're taking the Scrolls from them. Next, we're probably gonna take away the Silver Surfer and Galactus. Yeah, anybody <laughs> who's looking forward to a Secret Invasion storyline. Probably not happening. Definitely not happening at at this point. At least not in this canon of the MCU. When Ant-Man goes into the quantum realm and fixes everything, maybe. But not right now. Um, But really... Not not only that, they made the scrolls look like 
idiots. I mean, they they look like their comic book counterparts. They look like the comic books. Uh, okay, they're fine. N- no, no, not physically. Oh, physically. <laughs> you mean uh, physically? In story. They, in yeah, story. Physically, yes. they look like scrolls. Story wise, these characters were depicted as bumbling, as uh, on the poorer end, yep. as ineffectual, as they have only one thing that they're good at doing, and that is taking your identity and taking your place, yep. maybe kidnapping you, and basically yep. acting like criminals because they have to. They don't have any other way of getting what they want. Mm-hmm. It's like they're they're only doing it because they're 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 oppressed. If we just if we just love them, there's just no path for galactic citizenship. Okay, it's, <sighs> it's the waiting list is too long. <laughs> you know they're being exterminated. Uh, do, they got to do something. No, no matter how long our waiting list is. Our laws are laws, and if they break <laughs> them, then they have to face the consequences. You know? uh, it's like the law is the law. Oh my god! What about I hate the dreamers? What about the dreamers? All they're doing is playing arcade machines on a <laughs> on a uh, an orbital sanctuary. Why can't we just give the, them the, those dreamers the, the... are taking away money from our schools? <laughs> <laughs> Our school system is already suffering enough as it is. We don't have enough money to keep taking all of these new children into our system and continually paying money that we don't have. (laughs) How are we going to handle the bathroom situation? All right. Do they have anuses? We don't know. Yeah, that was a joke. Why in this did movie. you remind me of another terrible thing about this movie? <laughs> Again, death by a thousand paper cuts. I blissfully forgot that when there was actually an autopsied scroll, that Nick Fury decided to look at his dong. Look at the dick. <laughs> Do they have what's a downstairs mix-up look like? <laughs> does, does it? I hope m- it's a drill. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like a duck's. Or it's all like jagged and weird. Uh, d- d- does it morph to fit whatever the hell kind of species they're copying at the time? <laughs> <laughs> Better yet, can he turn into a a bookshelf? Can he can he turn into a bookshelf? I will pay you five bucks right now if you turn into a seat <laughs> for someone else to fucking sit on. Yeah. God. Yeah. Damn it! I that, hate this just, movie. That's just Disney being Disney, and I can I can get over that. I enjoyed it. It was fine. Uh, what I didn't like was how when they're evil, or at least you think they're evil, they all have Cockney British accents. Hey, <laughs> Gobner! Hey, hey! Get out of here! Why don't you tell us where the light speed engine is? Hey! <laughs> And then they're just like regular people. <laughs> Once you find out that, hey, they're all right. They're just refugees, you know. <laughs> oh, it's so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I hate and again, that's a direction issue. That's not, that's probably not the actors doing. It was probably the director is like, oh, we got to change this accent up a little bit. You guys seem too evil now, you know, with this cockney British accent. It's almost like... There wasn't a singular vision for this movie. No, there wasn't. It, it, this movie tried to be, oh, uh, y- y- Captain Marvel. She's all of the heroes that you already like wrapped into one. She's strong like the Hulk. 
She's from outer space, kind of like Thor. She has a, a bright red suit and uh, kind of shoots beams out of her hands like Iron Man. And she's a captain like Captain America. Yeah. She's also in with Nick Fury, like both Hawkeye and Black Widow. Yeah. And she's like a really powerful woman like Scarlet Witch. Yeah. It was... <laughs> it's... We get it. We get it. We got it. Are, in the you... back, we got it. Are, are you sure? I don't think we hit the the point home hard enough. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah. Basically, she's another big hitter to add to the cast for Endgame. That's what this movie says. Uh, that's the only thing that's really <sighs> relevant <laughs> or that you really want to remember from this movie. Um, I kind of want to forget it from this movie. Again, uh, <sighs> I, I, did we miss any real big things? Um, touch note on. Uh, you'll you'll be okay. It's not a two. You're gonna soften on it with time. It's it's it, a it's, still, it's a four at it, worst. It, it, it's still a two. It's, it's still a two for me. For me, it's a two. <laughs> you wanna know why it, it, it's for me? It's a two. Uh, when when we're not trying to outdo. Green Lantern and Wonder Woman at the same time. We we are not only bringing down decades, or maybe at this point just a decade. It, it's a decade worth of Marvel Cinematic Universe content. Uh, we can't even stick to our own universe and try to only bring that down. We now have to tarnish uh, Top Gun again, yeah. again. Yeah, this movie. Look, I, <clears throat> we've harped on a lot of the bad things. Let's go ahead and talk about some of the positive things, just to try to be amicable a little bit with our audience here. <clears throat> we have a tendency to focus on the negatives, just because it's easier to talk about. Yep, um, they're the first things that come to mind. But for me, again, I came out of this movie enjoying it. I thought it was fine. I had a good time. Uh, if I had to, I'd see it again. It's fine. Uh, there's some entertaining jokes and stuff in there, and you know maybe I'll spot some things I didn't see the first time around that'll be Easter eggs or something fun. Like they have a lot of Easter eggs in there. Like she goes through the different costumes. Remember when everybody's making a big deal about her green outfit, you know, in the cast pictures or whatever? Oh yeah, she just touches this little thing in her arm, and she can wear literally every outfit in the canon that she has ever had. So enjoy that. That's a cool little Easter egg there. For uh, all of uh, 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, 30 seconds. Yeah, Ma- Monica Rambeau, who is the child, which implies that she will eventually become either Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel at some point. Uh-huh. Um, it, there's some cute stuff and some fun stuff in there. Um, like, if you were watching this movie by itself without the context of all the other Mar- MCU movies, you would probably have a better time. Um, especially in regards to Nick Fury, uh, because there's some fun. He's basically Will Smith from Ben and Black in this movie. That's who he is. He's Will Smith from Men in Black. That's that's it. That's that's what you're getting from Samuel L. Jackson. It's fun. I love Men in Black. I love Will Smith. So it's fine. Um, he was the comedic, fun sidekick character fighting the weird aliens that he doesn't quite understand. That's, that's what he was. Uh. And of course, in the nineties. <laughs> uh, of in course. Case, in case you forgot. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's some missteps, but uh, overall, I don't think it was 
a terrible experience. I thought it was fine. It's what Marvel's baseline is. It's it's the low end of the Marvel baseline. I I think it was better than Iron Man two for me. It was better than Iron Man three certainly. Um, I don't know if I'd put it above any of the other ones, but really, it's right in that realm. Uh, probably better than Incredible Hulk. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's probably still in the bottom five for me, but it's not the worst of the worst. And really, the worst of the worst Marvel movies aren't that bad. So it's down there somewhere. Thor one, maybe. I really don't like Thor one. I think it's a poorly filmed movie. Um, and the bleached eyebrows are so jarring. I I went through and watched a lot of these movies, uh, kind of getting my girlfriend caught up on the cinematic universe so we could watch Avengers Infinity War before Endgame comes out. Um, but you know, there Thor to Dark World, it's not as bad as you think it is, folks. Go back and watch it. It's actually pretty decent. It's a fun ride. I'll say it's better than this movie. It's definitely way better than this movie. Oh yeah. I have Thor to Dark World somewhere in the middle. I actually like it a lot. A lot more. I thought I hated it. And then because everybody says they hate it and I I couldn't remember whether I liked it or not because I hadn't watched it in forever. I went back and watched it and I was like, damn, this is actually a pretty good movie. And it yeah. makes a lot of sense in the context of the MCU. And it, there's a lot of lore building, which is pretty awesome. And Loki's great in the movie. And he gets pretty much a starring role throughout the entire movie, which kind of... And is everything that everyone wanted. Yeah, and Chris Hemsworth doesn't have the bleached eyebrows anymore. So that's cool. And like, it, it was fine. It was fine. I know you hate Meow Meow, but <laughs> Thor to Dark World, not a bad movie. Go back and watch it. It's much better than Thor 1. I guarantee you. Not bad. When it, except for whenever Cat Denning shows up. <laughs> Points off. <laughs> Why do you hate Cat Denning so much? Uh, she's fine. Uh, uh, she's I, fine. I, I think she's meow meow. I think she's cute. But meow meow. The, uh, God damn it. God damn it, it's I'd... Mjolnir. <laughs> meow that meow. is the name of that hammer. I'll say Cat Denning saying meow meow over Jeff Goldblum saying, It's my birthday. And then driving into the devil's anus. Literally the devil's <sighs> anus. Yeah, it's real dumb. Oh, it's real dumb. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's real dumb, but at least that movie had... It's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> good uh, for a laugh, not so good for a serious moment. Oh, yeah, no. No. Thanks, Disney. Thank you, Disney. Um, but yeah, overall, I don't I don't hate this movie. I think it was fine. It's, it's around the baseline for what Marvel movies are, and even at their worst for the MCU... They're still pretty enjoyable. So that's where I'm at. I know you disagree. I'm sure you have more to say. Feel free to say it. Uh, the floor I, is yours, sir. I, I I hate this movie. I hate this movie mostly because Marvel has no excuse to make a movie this fucking poor. They had a decade to not only get the story right, but uh, actually make people care about this character. I don't I don't know Captain Marvel. I don't give a shit about Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, and I hate to say this, is probably going to show up and be the one who defeats Thanos. And it it hurts to think of that, given that she just fucking got here yeah uh captain marvel had the opportunity to be the strong female character that 
uh, female fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe deserve. They deserve a powerful female character to look up to and to like buy comics of and give to their kids as long as the comics are written well, which they're not. Um, the problem with this movie is that it focuses so much on what this character is as opposed to focusing on who that's this a, character is. That's a very fair criticism. And this is a universe in which all of the movies beforehand had made focusing on who these people are yeah. their top priority, th their mo, their yep. th like this. This is how you make people sympathize and feel for and root for this character. And they didn't do that with Captain Marvel. It's true. Th yeah. They had That's a very fair criticism. Th they had plenty of time and opportunities and previous experiences with all of these movies. And plenty of canon to draw from to not fuck up. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't get this right with five writers. And I think yeah. that was their biggest mistake, was having five people chime in on what this movie needed to have and needed to be. When And clearly it, not having a good, very good direction. Yeah. yeah there were, was, it seems like all of these people were pulling in different directions and nobody was taking the reins and saying, okay, it, I'm going to lead things, you guys just contribute. It tried to be both everything to everyone but also trying to be specifically one thing for one group of people everyone else be damned yeah that's a that, it's a fair criticism and i i totally empathize with your point of view the effects are okay and that's it wow the wow. effects are standard at this point for marvel the effects the, i like the, this outfit the outfit eh <laughs> uh, the outfit is fine. What you want the midriff one? You want the leggy one? Uh, I, I the leggy one would have been fine too. You, you could maybe just uh, instead of making that outfit leggy, just make it a full-on black bodysuit with the uh, the the classic. Uh, well, they gave it to you. Z shape. Oh oh, um, it was in there. It was in there. Was it? Yep. Are you sure about that? Yep. They had the black one. They had the all blue one. They had the weird black and yellow one. They had the weird rainbow neon party dance one. <laughs> mm. uh, the rave outfit, whatever that was. I don't know if that was an illusion or if that was just for fun, but <laughs> yeah, that, that was there. Uh, that entire moment where they let Monica choose her colors, which by the way, Oh, so many issues with infantilizing the character that should have honestly come before Carol. Um, they let this character choose the color scheme by way of saying, oh, you know that wrist thing that just uh, can hijack and like MacGyver any tech it comes into contact with? Mm -hmm. uh, it also changes the color scheme like at the drop of a dime. Um, which well, that's convenient, it's I fine. guess it's, it's fine. It, it's fine, but uh, th this is th the type of thing where 
this is all standard. This is all expected. This is all things Do you that... think for you that this might be a victim of high expectations? Because Marvel has set such a firm foundation up to this point. This isn't just a victim of high expectations. Uh, this is a victim of not giving people time to get to know this person is like like they literally bring her here to have her be here so that we can say oh you remember that pager that thing that uh fury had at the end of infinity war she's here she she's here (gasps) this is what she did and what she was as far as who she is, uh, don't worry about that. Is yeah. like she she likes to fight and she's strong and that's it. <laughs> yep. So with that, uh, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Again, my final score is a six. It's fine, enjoyable experience. It's fine. It's just the base. It's the bottom of the Marvel movies, but it's it's in that bottom five for me probably. But it's fine. It's fine. Emery very low on it. Gave it a final score of a two. Uh, much like, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the 90s idea of what the, uh, ideal girlfriend <laughs> is in, uh, movies coming out during that time, uh, she's very pretty, and right up until you talk to her, you find out she's shallow and doesn't really have much going on, and it's only then that you realize, oh, wait, we had girls that were trying to get our attention and show us who they were and what they were capable of this whole time, and we, like assholes, ignored them. I am so sorry, Black Widow and Scarlet Witch. (laughs) You deserve better than this. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately. (sighs) I really thought they were going to give Black Widow a movie. I, I I I don't understand how that didn't happen yet. But uh, okay, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, what the fuck? So let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, again, I'm, I'm still a two. I'm I'm in the middle. Emery's at the bottom. Thumbs down from Emery. I'm like in the meh range um, for our classic range, our classic fans who have been watching for a while. I want to thank you for sticking with us for another mediocre edition of Hit the Books podcast. Review. Mediocre, mediocre review for a mediocre movie. Uh, I want to thank you for sticking with us and uh, watching, learning. And perhaps participating in the conversation about the latest MCU movie, Captain Marvel. If you like what you hear, be sure to hit like and subscribe down below. Get us good ratings elsewhere on uh, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Cast in the future, Podbean in the near future. Um, be sure to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash hit the books, where you can uh, contribute if you so choose. We have some nice little tiers on there as well. The, any contribution contributes both our WWE wrestling podcast, Hit the Mats, uh, and the comic show, which is the flagship show, Hit the Books podcast. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, at HTBVids. You can find us on Facebook at forward slash Hit the Books. You can find us on our website at HTBVids.com, V-I-D-S, um, where you can find links to all of these things that are very convenient right on the homepage, as well as uh, links to uh, the host blogs. You can find links to uh, the previous covers of the week for 2017, 2018, 2019. We've been doing this a little while. And, um, of course, see a uh, contact page if you need to contact us for any uh, private uh, 
uh, interest in reviews or promotions or uh, discussions or uh, any kind of feedback, constructive feedback for the show. Of course, we do interact in the YouTube comments as well, so feel free to reach out to us there or on Facebook comments, whatever the case may be. We really do appreciate all of you. And however you may feel about this movie, be sure to go ahead and let us know uh, what you think we could improve uh, into the future uh, for our reviews. Again, we're doing a new format. We are no longer doing the three-tier system, the thumbs down, the thumbs up, or the the middle of the ground, meh. Uh, We're doing a normal point scale system, and we will be rolling this out retroactively for a lot of the stuff we've already done, like... uh, Wonder Woman and Thor Ragnarok and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and all these reviews we've done in the past. So we're going to go back and kind of redo them a little bit. Maybe not redo the video, but at least put some kind of physical score in there, uh, at least on the website for the time being. Um, I think I covered everything. Um, We have been a little behind on a few of the episodes. I was sick for almost a week. I'm uh, dealing with an illness, and uh, if you watched the episode four of Hit the Books, or excuse me, if you watched episode four of Hit the Mats podcast, you can see I was in, I was just not having a great day. <laughs> uh, I lost some of the audio. I forgot to turn on the lights for the first 15 minutes of the, the episode. You know, I was coughing and sneezing the entire time. I'm still coughing a little bit and trying to do it off mic, but uh, yeah, it wasn't a good week for me uh, health wise. So. We got a little behind, still trying to play catch up and all that jazz. So I do apologize, but we are trying to get back on track and on schedule, as always. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's a never never ending battle with that one. Yeah. Um, so uh, be sure to check all that content out and let me know what you think. We really do appreciate having you as a watcher, as a listener, as a contributor, um, and we really hope you'll stick around for many more in the future. Until we catch you next time on the next episode of Fit the Books Podcast, I bid you adieu, farewell, and good tomorrow. In space. In space. You know what this movie really needed? Not, oh, what? James Gunn. Ooh. That, the, the, God, you know, the word problematic comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> but am I wrong? No, you're not wrong, God no, damn I'm it. No, not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Yep. Wow.